Hello, you're listening to episode one of the Grand Old Podcast. I am your host, Hamish Carton, and we've got two other guys with me today for this very first episode. I have John McGinley and Paul Fisher. How are you doing, guys? I'm great. Yeah, I'm great, Hamish. Um, obviously happy after today. Happy to start the podcast, happy to start the website. Um, I'm good to go. What about you, Paul? Yeah, excellent. Um delighted after today uh, the performance against Aberdeen just phenomenal I know we'll go on and talk about that and just uh, raring to go raring to talk all things Celtic Yeah I know you were you were down in Newcastle Paul how was that? Oh a fantastic great weekend down there for a concert with me some family it's absolutely brilliant one of, one of my favourite cities in, in the UK and love to play Newcastle at some point so I've got a soft spot for them good team but you got to see the game all right today. I did indeed, yes. Got to watch. I watched it back up in Glasgow. Managed to get get to a pub. Couldn't get to the game on time for the travelling, but managed to watch the ninety minutes and and absorb myself in the game, which was good. Don't get to do that that often and just sit there and enjoy it. Yeah, no, it was certainly a game. Eh? I think we all enjoyed today. And um, with it being the first episode, guys, I'll get you just to introduce yourself to the to the audience that is out there listening to us at the moment. Just tell. Tell you a bit about yourself, starting with you, John. Um, where does the kind of the Celtic story begin for you? The Celtic story begins for me um, at a League Cup final, funnily enough, in 1994. Um, and I was eight years old, and I was lucky enough to get a cup final ticket as my first game. And my family took me along to Celtic versus Wraith Rovers, which didn't end very well. Um, but that was my first experience of Celtic. And since then, it's been a long journey to this point. Um but, you know, so I've been a season ticket holder for, you know, half my life. And then I wasn't for a while. And then when I got my season ticket again, um, I started a Twitter account, as you know. That's mm-hmm. the grand old. Yeah. Which has grown into what it is now. And had the opportunity to work for Celtic Live, which was the app project to coincide with the Wi-Fi at Celtic Park. So we've been doing that for three years all of us and we were a small team and we wanted to continue doing it so here we are yeah no definitely I was a minus two years old when you went to your first Celtic game which probably (laughs) puts the the, the age golf out there we were talking um, earlier and we figured out that your your first game, your first Celtic game this is going to make everyone feel old not just me (laughs) your first Celtic game was post Seville which is bizarre it was, uh, I think Paul worked out, it was uh, September of the Seville year, so after Seville, um, and it was a, a 3-0 game for me. Um, my first ever game was against Motherwell. If there's any big, massive Celtic fans, which I'm sure there are out there, that remember that game. I remember it because Sean Maloney scored an incredible free kick. It was. I, I remember it from basically the corner flag, and he curled it in, whoever. It was probably um, Gordon Marshall was a Motherwell keeper or something like that that day, um, and that was just an incredible um, goal, that's the only thing that sticks out for me in my first ever game, I was doing seven years old at that time <laughs> um, I, I got my my first season ticket and uh, the first Gordon Strachan season basically, my first game was uh, a team I think we'll all remember well Media Bratislava oh, the, uh-huh. the, the second leg was my first ever game under the new season ticket um, we obviously won that 4-0 but lost um, the, the time went out of the Champions League um, and then since then, I had what about must have been about nine years as a season ticket. Um, had the the good times. I think we won the league six of the years, lost it three of the years. Um, and then I was well, I somehow managed to get the the job that you just described there at Celtic Live. Um, met you two lovely guys, and uh, yes, we're 
that's where we are now, basically. So it's been a, a long, maybe not quite as long as you guys, but a, a long Celtic story for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what about you, Paul? Um, basically, this is the same as every other Celtic supporter brought up, uh, living and breathing football uh, in the West Coast. It's always, it seems for me, Celtic Rangers, there's the old Kilmarnock fan kicking about down, down here in Ayrshire. But um, my first game, you were talking about your first games, my first game was uh, the 11th of March. Looked up earlier on, 2001, I, I was nine. Scottish Cup game against Hearts. I uh, just remember it being an awful, awful game. Um, there was nothing much to it. It was 1-0, uh, but it was Henrik Larson who scored, so good to see Henrik Larson scoring in my first game. Ever since that, I never, um, I've never actually had a, a full-season ticket, a half-season ticket for one year. Just timing with various things in, in my life it never enabled me to have one. And then when I finally got landed on my feet with my... With my first job after graduating from university, I landed my second job at Celtic Live, so um, I, I had any have to purchase a season ticket, but I think that will be happening for next season, hopefully, um, if we can get everything sorted and keep this going. Uh, I was very excited to just keep talking about Celtic and doing it in a way that we all enjoy. Mm, I think that's a key thing for all of us. It's all just about talking about Celtic um, with this podcast and, and the site as well. Um, we'll talk a wee bit more about the site later on. We've got a big uh, launch day um, Monday, so we'll chat a bit about that later on. Um, but now we'll go and just chat about the the glorious Celtic three um, 0 It finished today, our hundredth honour um, in our history. Brendan Rodgers' first trophy lifted as Celtic manager. It was a three 0 win over Aberdeen today. John, just describe the the feelings after that one. The the feelings were were quite significant actually. I wasn't actually expecting to be as up for this final as I was when I woke up this morning and realised that we were playing Aberdeen at Hamden uh, for Brendan Rodgers' first trophy. Um, the League Cup final is often it's, it's, it's Scotland's third trophy, if you like, um, yeah. and there's not usually as much interest around it as this final. But there was something about today, and then there was something about the way we played that was quite profound, and it felt like... For me, maybe one of the greatest final performances I've seen Celtic play. Um, and I think we, we were speaking earlier off air and you were looking up the stat of when was the last time we won a final um, by four goals or more. And it was in mm-hmm. 1972 or something. And we went far off that today. Yeah. The way we played, but we've, and I've not been a critic of the way we've been playing this season, obviously. But I felt today was a step beyond again. I felt like the players really rose to the occasion. And... Uh, Brendan Rodgers showed that his team didn't just play good football, that they were men of substance, as he likes to put it, and that they were willing to put themselves on the line and secure silverware for Celtic supporters. And it meant a lot to me, and it's obviously meant a lot to Celtic fans uh, around the world. Um, so, yeah, as far as League Cup finals go, it's probably the best I've ever seen. Yeah, um, it probably means more to us as well, Paul, with the, the recent run, or recent record, sorry, that we have at Hamden. You think of, I don't even need to list them, but the, the games we've lost at Hamden over the last kind of five, ten years, to go out and emphatically beat, like, not a bad team, the second best team in the country, Aberdeen, um, was, was really pleasing to see today. Yeah, it was fantastic. You, you talk about the games and the old Hamden, the hoodoo, um, you maybe call it a hoodoo, it seems to be that the Brendan Rodgers, it doesn't matter where, where Celtic are playing, he can get this team clicking and domestic football just seems to be working just now. Um, I think it's 10 games in a row we've won uh, in domestic competition. We never conceded a goal all the way to the final, we never conceded today. And we've not 
conceded a goal in seven over seven hundred minutes now of, of of domestic football. So yeah. I think that it shows with the goals that we're scoring, scoring three goals in a cup final without conceding, shows the strength and depth from from back to front. And the the performance today was was simply was one I don't you can't doubt, uh, you can't knock anybody because every single person had their part to play. Yeah, I was looking. Obviously, or it's a well-known fact that we won the trophy um, without conceding a goal in our run, the same as we did uh, under Ronnie Dyla. Um, well, one year ago, but two seasons ago, um, when we won the trophy under Ronnie Dyla. And I was actually looking as well. If anyone follows my other kind of podcast, I do the Burst Ball podcast. I'll see. I tweeted out to say that four of the last six winners of the cup have actually done it without conceding a goal. So it's pretty pretty incredible stuff there. Um, we'll run through the team and just give them, not ratings, but talk a wee bit about each player that played today. Um, Craig Gordon's kind of the role he's had lately. Um, not really much to do, John, but he made, suppose, made a good save from, I think it was, Considine with a header in the first half. Yeah, that's right. And it was funny because I've been looking up, you know, um, saves that he's made over this run where we've not conceded a goal, uh, which is 778 minutes, I think, to be exact. Just to <laughs> um, and I've been looking for saves that he's had to make to, to keep keep um, the opposition out, and he has actually hasn't made that many amazing saves domestically, apart from that one at Aberdeen um, in the last minute that um, gave us victory there. So, yeah, he didn't have much to do today, but, you know, He's, he's getting more confident playing the ball to um, the defenders, which is good and which is, I think Rodgers wants. So I think the whole defence is more comfortable as a result of that, um, which is obviously impacting on the, the whole performance of the team. Yeah, I mean, Paul, since he's come into the team, you've got to remember the last goal we conceded in the league, Koulibaly's amazing goal. We were all amazed when we saw that one. That was into Doris de Vries. So he has not conceded a goal in domestic football since he's come in. And that isn't coincidence that the defence is playing better since Gordon's come back, is it? No, I don't think so. And I think the, the substitution in that game against Kilmarnock, which was, was a watershed moment for, for both Gordon and for De Vries, it seemed to be that I know there was an injury um, to, to De Vries when, when he was trying to save that goal, but um, he's never he's never made his anyway anywhere near uh, back to the starting eleven. I don't think unless uh, Gordon does get injured or if maybe in a in one of the Scottish Cup the earlier rounds of the Scottish Cup games he might get a, a nod. But um, Craig Gordon just seems to be the talisman and goes in between the sticks. And I think it showed today with the passion when he was celebrating the goals. It was it was absolutely phenomenal to see for a goalkeeper. I'll take Mikael Lustig then. I thought he was he was pretty good today. Um, I think he's one that's kind of gone under the radar this season as being a player who's massively improved from last season because people are very quick to pick up on um, James Forrest and uh, Scott Brown and maybe Tom Rogic and players like that. But mm-hmm. I think uh, Lustig has massively improved this season under Brendan Rodgers. Um, last season, I know he had, he's had his injury troubles over the last few years, but he's certainly not been the player that we know he can be in mean, a Swedish international. Um, but I thought today was just an, another one of those performances that we're used to now. I think his distribution has improved. Um, and I think what you get with Lustig is you get commitment and you also get a solid defender. Um, and I thought today... Uh, against me and Aberdeen have got good wingers as well um, I thought he did really well today um, Simunovic and Sviachenko, John Yeah So that pairing is potentially one of the best pairings we've had for quite a while um, They just look so composed They're so calm in possession They're so strong in the tackle And they're so physically imposing on what is a physical Aberdeen side And I felt they just mopped up everything today 
and I think they'll continue to do that. And you know, we we have Colo Toure, but I can't see him getting back in the in the team now that Suminovic is playing two games a week. Which I think Roger said this was the start of Suminovic. He recovered well um, from Wednesday, and he was able to play today. And it's magic to see, and it's magic to see that pairing uh, flourish. Um, Aberdeen didn't really have a sniff. Really, they they, they threatened early in the second half. But they, they didn't slice open our defence to, to any great degree. And the whole performance for me hinged on this um, confidence from playing from, from the back. Normally Aberdeen like to uh, press high, nick the ball off the uh, loose possession from defence to midfield and then counter-attack quickly. And we didn't allow them to do that today because Zminovic and Svitchenko and Lustig and I'm assuming you're coming on to Izaguirre, Paul. Yeah. But all, all four of them were, were fantastic today and I think they really set the bar in terms of commitment and performance and that obviously showed in the rest of the team too. How do you look at Colo Turi's future then Paul? Has he got a way back into that team? Is there a place for him in that team? Um, I, I would hope so but then again you don't want to split up the, the, the other two guys. It seems to be that as John said that we've got one of these uh, potential pairings which could be as great as I don't know, going back ten years or so, maybe like Bobo Baldi and, and Big Stan Varga or something like that. These two guys know how to defend. They're both comfortable on the ball and they, they know what they're doing. But Colo Toure, he, he can easily do that as well. It's just whether at age he is, whether he's going to be playing two games in a week or whether he's going to be able to to keep the fitness levels up when he's not playing, especially. So I think for for, for having him, the experience he's, he's got there, he's going to be key for the for the younger guys coming through. Obviously, Champions League winning and stuff like that. So having him in and around the squad is is ideal. And if he if he does play games, he's or somebody gets injured, he's there to to come in and and steady the ship. You know. Yeah, sure. Um, in terms of Azagiri, Paul, what about him today? Izagiri, it's another one for me that's it's brilliant to see him. Um, we know he had this big farewell party, uh, and it gets quite ridiculed quite a wee bit because it seems like he, he was away and then he just kind of stuck around. And and now with the obviously Kieran Tierney with his injuries, he's back in he's back in the fold. And I think for for the age of him, obviously as well with the fitness levels, to be able to to play a full ninety minutes, to to give it everything and and to defend pretty well and and get forward as well. Um, it's credit, all credit to him and all credit to the, to the manager and the coaching staff for, for keeping him at that level. I think he's he's been a great um, stand-in for Tierney. I don't think anybody's going to doubt that that's what he is. When Tierney comes back, you would imagine he'll be straight back in there. But he, he's been good and it's great to see him enjoying his football and getting back to the world that level he was when he, when he won the Player of the Year award. Yeah, I'll, I'll give each of the, the midfielders their own kind of pedestal to chat about them. Cause I thought uh, Scott Brown for me today... Um, probably won't get the, the recognition in terms of the man of the match type thing but I thought he was probably as close to a man of the match today I thought he was he was really really good he, he and uh, Shinny from Aberdeen had a real battle all game um, and I thought Scott Brown came out on top uh, he was first to every loose ball he was strong in the challenge he maybe gets slightly limited when he got his booking but maybe a Scott Brown of 5-10 years ago would have Maybe got a second booking, and even when we were two 0 up, got a second booking and put us under the cosh. I think he showed real maturity today, uh, and I think this season he has just been been excellent. Do you go along with that, John? I would, I, I certainly would. And you know, he, I, I heard him speak to BT Sport after the game, and the key thing for me, the takeaway from that was that he's enjoying his football again. Like he, like you said about Izaguirre, 
he said that Brendan Rodgers has come in and put a smile on everyone's face, and I think that shows in our performances. These players want to be playing for Celtic. They want to, you know, just give every inch of themselves to achieve what Brendan Rodgers has clearly put belief into them that they can achieve. And Scott Brown again today exemplified that. It's a captain's performance. If he's not man of the match, he's always very close to it. Um, he'll give everything for Celtic. And, you know, I, I put a thing out on Twitter earlier that no captain, apart from Billy McNeil, who is the greatest captain of maybe any football team in history, no captain has lifted more trophies as Celtic Football Club captain than Scott Brown, apart from Billy McNeil. And that just... It, it just shows how important he is to this team, how important he is to this club. And, you know, I've been a critic of Scott Brown in the past. I think many Celtic fans have, apart from maybe Paul. <laughs> a lot of people have been critics of Scott Brown. A lot of people said that he wasn't worth the money. But you can't argue that he's been one of Celtic's most accomplished players over the last 10 years and is a big reason for the trophy success that we've seen over the last decade. Um, and it's... It, I mean, he, he does fly under the radar a bit and, and I think people are starting to realise as he's coming towards the end of his career just how important a player he's been and I hope the praise just continues and I hope the performances continue because if he keeps playing like that then, you know, I think the treble could be on. <laughs> mm. Dare you say it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good point John makes there, Paul, the fact that it is 10 years down the line since we, we signed Scott Brown from Hibs for four and a half million. It kind of looks like money quite well spent now with all the trophies that he's won. Absolutely. Um, I'm a big advocate of Scott Brown's greatness. Um, everybody who knows me knows that. Um, I'm a big fan of, of defensive midfielders and the role that they play within a football team. And I think they go massively underrated, Scott Brown being one of them. His performances over the, the years have been have been second to none. And just to touch on the point you made, Hamish, about the maybe 10 years ago, Scott Brown would have got a, a red card. He's, he's, he's not doesn't get that many red cards and it Maybe seem mm. seems strange because you think oh he has his when he gets his his temper uh, flares he, he does maybe make a couple of rash challenges and stuff like that but he's only I think he's only been sent off two or three times for Celtic and in a career spanning which over well, almost uh, towards the end of the season it might it'll touch on uh, six hundred uh, sorry four hundred games it's it's quite the record and it shows his maturity um, from when he joined from Hibs to, to where he is now he, he's a testament to, to the club and to everything that it stands for and I think today especially it just shows why he is the captain and, and why we hopefully we can have him for another couple of seasons um, if he's still fit and maybe that's a, one of those uh, urban myths then the fact that Scott <laughs> Brown is actually a, a loose cannon and he goes about getting sent off every second week um, yeah, maybe that's one of those. Um, Stuart Armstrong, his midfield partner today, John. This is a guy who um, I think it was actually me and Paul had the conversation. You probably agreed as well. We saw him in Europe. He came on against Man City, and he we were all saying he looked out his depth. I get the impression that even since then, I know this was a domestic game today, but even since then, he looks to have something new about him. He is a player who's thriving under Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, and he's thriving under Brendan Rodgers because of the change in position. Now, under Ronnie Dyla, you would often see that three supporting the striker, usually Griffiths, as Mackay Stephen, and, you know, Armstrong in there as well on either side. And this more central role, this deeper role, really suits the player that he is, his work ethic, his ability to drive forward from deep, his passing ability, which at times against Barcelona was a, was a little bit ragged, would have to agree, but 
to, today was superb again. And I think what he offers the midfield is energy, which I think for all Beaton's uh, positives, he, I don't think he offers the same kind of energy. And I think it's an energy that Celtic need in the way that Celtic play under Brendan Rodgers. And I think Rodgers has realised that. And to give Stuart Armstrong the confidence to make that position his own and to become a real key player of the team, I think is just that just shows how good a manager Brendan Rodgers is. I know we're enthusing and we're maybe going a little bit overboard with our praise, but you know the the way that he's brought Armstrong into the side and allowed him to 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 play like he did today and in recent domestic games, I think is a credit to him and a credit to Armstrong and long may it continue. Do you remember the, the debate we had at the start of the season when Rodgers came in and we were asking each other who we thought would be the big player who would come forward mm-hmm. under the new manager? Um, Armstrong was the one I said, I've just remembered that there. Who, right, who, are your, who are your players out of interest? Well, I mean, I thought Svechenko was going to become a real, really massive player for us. But in terms of the players that were already here, it was difficult to say. I thought Patrick Roberts was going to come on to a game more. I think a lot of fans did, so I wasn't different in that regard. But I certainly didn't see the likes of Mackay Stephen or Armstrong getting close to Brendan Rodgers starting 11. I thought their days, I thought if it, either of Mackay Stephen or Armstrong, if either of them was going to make it, it would be Stuart Armstrong. Yeah. But I just, I didn't see him having the, the key role that he has today and has had for the last four or six weeks. Um. So yeah, you, you you can take credit for Armstrong. I, I was a bit more conventional than Patrick Roberts. <laughs> yeah, it's fitting you mentioned Patrick Roberts there. Uh, I've got a tweet here from is it at Stakeheed on Twitter. Um, he's saying um, this prediction today four one for me Armstrong to score and Roberts to show his form from last season. Did he do that today, Paul? I think he he did and he didn't. He he wasn't a uh, hundred million percent. Outstanding, but he, he did his job and he done it well. Coming in for, for Scott Sinclair, obviously, after getting that injury, it's not going to be easy. Sinclair's been firing on all cylinders and, and doing the business in just about every game that he's played in. And as John said, Roberts, we thought last season when, when, he, when we seen him, he, he was he was phenomenal. He could do things with the ball that, that some people had maybe not seen for for years. The, the tricks it was it was like it was like when Aidan McGeady came through. It was the way he was he was had the ball at his feet and the way he could just dance past defenders was was frightening. But it seems that he's maybe just dropped a, a level slightly. But it could be down to a number of reasons, and one of them obviously could be lack of match time. Because I think we need to remember how young he is and how. He only has played his first game and scored his first goal um, and for Celtic. Um, this was his first professional team. It's, it's not a guy that's got uh, bags and bags of experience, so he's obviously still learning. And he's learning with, with some of the best players that he probably could learn with because there's no point in him being down, obviously he's on loan, but down at Man City and, and just hanging about in the, the youth teams. He needs to get first team experience, he needs to get Champions League football and he needs to win trophies and he's doing all three with Celtic. Yep, and Stakeheed is, of course, Paul Fisher on Twitter as well, just in case anyone was wondering. Um, Tom Rogic played a full 77 minutes today, John. Yeah, um, still not the full 90, but, you know, he's getting no, there. He's getting closer. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got to admit to something, you know, I used to be quite vocally crit- critical of Tom Rogic uh, privately with you guys, and I felt like he was often too slow and too, too tricky, too fancy with the ball, if you will, but I think under Brendan Rodgers, even before that, I mean, last season, he, he really came onto a game. His ability to find space in, in that final third where 
um, defences are tight and they're deep. I think his ability to find space and find a pass and find his teammates is exceptional. And we've been crying out for that for so long. I feel like since since the gap between Nakamura and, and Rogic's emergence as a star player for us, the gap was so long that we didn't have that player in the middle of the park that could do that. And I think he's slowly getting there. Obviously, he's not as good as Nakamura, but he's slowly getting there. And he's, his, his goal today was superb. And games like today, it's, it's funny because if we hadn't scored in that moment, it could have been a tricky day. We could have uh, gone on longer at nil-nil. Aberdeen could have come into the game, but his directness and ability to just want to impact a game is really impressive. And it's something that we've been really lacking in recent seasons. And now that we have it, um, I'm just I'm so pleased. I thought he was uh, really good today. And I think he'll... He's, you know what? I think he's got the potential to be... A, I know Dembele and Sinclair. I think Rogic has got the, the potential and the consistency to become maybe our player of the year. Hmm. Interesting. Well, he's got a lot of competition this year anyway. Um, it's a good point you make, though, the fact that his goal came out of... Virtually nowhere, he shifts the ball, it's a really nice shift he does, and then the finish is lovely into the, the corner of the net, but it comes right after um, Aberdeen had a really good chance, I think uh, Madison goes through and he should try and slip it through, yeah. um, but it, it showed our ruthlessness to get that first goal, I think. Um, the man who got the, the second goal, James Forrest, uh, first of all, Paul, the goal itself, fantastic, and it's what we're used to seeing, or what we're maybe not used to seeing from James Forrest, but he's shown more of this season. Yeah, it's another one uh, um Brendan Rodgers, it's a kind of fairy tale story. We, we all thought, um, I think you all agree that the James Forrest was pretty much done at Celtic. They, they seemed to be that he was he was not going to sign a new contract. He was there was some interest down south and maybe lower than Championship League One teams. And um, we thought, oh, he's not been doing the stuff for Celtic, so we thought maybe it's better for him to go and get football elsewhere. But then Brendan Rodgers comes in, James Forrest starts games. James Forrest is like James Forrest six years ago. It's it's unbelievable. Um, it's been pretty much a, a kind of revelation. His goal today, you don't see that from James. You haven't seen that for James Forrest last season, and certainly it's a rarity for him. He doesn't score many goals. It's it, he's one of these guys again. Maybe people used to think he scored goals all the time when he was young, but he doesn't score that many goals. Um, but when he does score goals, you remember them. Because one of the goals that stand out for me over the over the kind of last three years of doing the Celtic Live project and stuff like that was his game, his goal against Caragandi. It's, it's he's one of these guys. He's he's there when you need him, and he's been so so key to us this season so far that I think he'll be one of the contenders for Player of the Year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought I thought he was really good defensively today. Aside that often is often criticised. I remember one one moment in the game today when I think there's a boy Aberdeen in, on the edge of our box cuts it back, and I think it's maybe Shea Logan's coming in to to strike the ball at goal, and James Forrest is tracking back and clears it away for a corner. I thought he showed real hunger today, um, but obviously the goal as well and the performance. He wins the the penalty for the third goal, which is scored by. A man we're coming on to now, Musa Dembele. A quiet day, John, but still a goal. Just a normal day for Dembele. A normal day for Dembele, and I think the key thing with him is the the penalty was scored when it was we were two 0 up, but he would have stuck it away if it was nil nil in the in the last minute, as we've seen before in important yeah. games. Um, you know, not as great as game today, but you know, he gave Aberdeen something to think about, and he's going through. Maybe he's, he's, he hit a high this season and he's not hitting those highs in the last few games that he has been, but 
Um, you know that he's there and he's lurking, and I think that that enough right now is enough to maybe scare opposition defences. And it's one of those, another one of those things about this Brendan Rodgers team is that for the past few seasons, for the last half decade, teams haven't been scared of Celtic. And I think teams are scared of this Celtic team. And I think players like Dembele and the reputation that he's gaining in Scotland and outside of Scotland, I think teams are scared to play him. Um, and I think that's a big that's a big factor. Um, his penalty was good, you know, so can't argue with that. And I'm sure he'll go on to to score many more goals this season. Yeah, today with his goal, he became the first Celtic player since 1982 to score in every round of the League Cup. Who was it in 1982? It was uh, Charlie Nicholas. Uh, was it? Yeah, and that that was back when there was a group stage. So he didn't actually score in oh, every right. single game, but he, pl- he played more games and scored in more games. But there was a group stage before the knockouts, and Charlie Nicholas scored in every stage. And you, you think about the players who haven't done that since, you know, uh, McClare and Larson, you know, Hartson, Sutton, Hooper, all the, all these players, mm-hmm. Griffiths, none of them have done it. And so for Dembele to do it is... is it's not an it's not a massive achievement, but it's you know it's it's still a decent achievement. Certainly, um, the three subs today probably not too much to mention. The game was done um, by the time Beaton, McGregor, and certainly by the time Lee Griffiths came on. Um, good to see Lee Griffiths coming on though for about the minute he was on. Paul, we looked a wee bit unhappy on the the touchline, having to wait for the ball to go out before he came on. I it's a, it's a strange one. Obviously, um, last season's from the last season's highs to to this season's low. He's still scoring goals. He's still getting some game time, and it just seems to be that that Musa Dembele is is the man for Brendan Rodgers. He's played in I think more games than anybody else this season, even Scott Brown, which is really surprising when you think about it. How how many times he's been involved, and obviously how many goals he scored. But Lee Griffiths last season was doing that, and it it just just seems to be he's frustrated that. When he is fit, he's not getting the 90 minutes, he's not starting. and But when he is getting 20, 25 minutes, he's still scoring goals. He only needs one more for, for 10 for the season. And he'll be on his way again, you know. But if, as said, obviously, if the other thing, if injuries come along, then Belly picks up an injury. Griffiths is there waiting in the wings. We all know he can do it, we all know he can score goals. He's scored a barrel load last season, and he has scored this season already. So I think he's. He's got a bit, maybe got a wee bit right to be frustrated, but with the way Dembele is just now um, scoring almost 20 goals by <laughs> the end of November, I don't think anybody would argue with Brendan Rodgers' decisions to, to not start Griffiths. Yeah, just the nine goals and 11 starts for Lee Griffiths this season. <laughs> um, 76 and 91 um, all in for Celtic, which is a pretty incredible record when you look at it. Uh, we'll chat just a wee bit about what today's win means for us. Guys, I mean, I'll, I'll attack the elephant in the room now and I'll mention the word treble. What about it, John? I think it's on, isn't it? And I think that's what, you know, I, I'm not one of these supporters who demands the treble or even demands a double. I mean, I mean, a double is probably what we should be aiming for in recent seasons, but I'm not one of those fans that demands that we win a treble and it's ours by right. But I really think this season, I think we've got the team to do it. And I think if we don't do it, it's going to take an almighty performance from an opposition team and I don't think the rest of the teams in Scotland have it in them. Truly, I don't. This was Aberdeen. This is Scotland's second best team. There's no other team better than them in Scotland apart from Celtic. And who's going to do it? We would really need to have an off day. And a team would really need to up their game to beat us. The commitment and the effort that we show, the desire to win games and win trophies is really bearing fruit right now. And, you know, I just... 
I'm ho- I'm I'm not going to think about it too much. The treble. I'm just going to let it go to the back of my mind, and then maybe as we get to the quarter final of the Scottish Cup, etc. If we get there, then we can start thinking about it again. I think it's important that we just keep up racking up points in the league. Um, the teams are quite far behind us, but they're not too far behind us. Like the league might be over for many, and it probably is, but. I'd, we just need to keep winning and keep focusing. And that was one of the key things that I took from Brendan Rodgers today's his pre-match interview. The journalists have been trying to goad him into talking about the treble all week, trying to goad him into talking about the personal glory of winning trophies. And he's really just not interested. He's so focused on each game. He's so focused on the next game. Um, and we'll see where we go with the treble. As a fan, obviously, I'm hoping for it. And I think we might do it this season. This might be the season. But... You know, it's important for the team not to let that affect their performances. I don't think it will. I think I'm, I'm maybe being a bit harsh about how that can affect them, but I think this is the season, basically. Mm. Uh, part of the treble, of course, Paul, is the Scottish Cup. The draw for the fourth round, of course, um, is Monday, I think. And um, we, we're entering the tournament at this stage. Are you fancying a big gun to put them out early on, or do you, do you fancy a wee, an East Coast bride or something like that again? Um, it's, it's a weird one. The Scottish Cup I always want to 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 have that kind of smaller team coming to to Glasgow, and we obviously you want the, the easiest draw to get to get yourself through to the next round. I, I honestly don't think it matters who Celtic play. I think we're that far ahead of any other team in, in Scottish football at this moment in time that if we draw Aberdeen, if we draw Hearts, we draw Motherwell, we draw East Kilbride, if we draw Beath Juniors, we're we're going to we're going to get through and. Talking about John talking about the treble there, I think one key point is that this season we don't have the distraction. Um, some would call it a bonus, but maybe this season call it a distraction of European football after Christmas. We're going to be focused on domestic games. We're going to, after the City game, we're completely focusing on the league, which I personally think is finished. And then the Scottish Cup when the when the games roll around. So it seems to me that, that Brendan Rodgers is is doing the right things and. At one point um, about the uh, about the game, I just forgot to mention earlier on was that Dembele is the only player um, who was brought in by Rodgers that started yeah. the game today. Yeah. Uh, every every other player was 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 either Dyla or before, um, and it just shows you the difference in the uh, the level. No, obviously, no offense to, to Ronnie Dyla, I'm a big fan of his, a lovely guy, but. It just shows you the, the, the difference that we've got with Brendan Rodgers. He is really as a world class manager. And I would I'd just like to come back on that. You know, so we've been talking about the every single player in the team, but we didn't actually talk about Brendan Rodgers. It's a good point I meant to bring up as well. You know, th- there was five Ronnie Dyla signings on the side today, I think. Um, and the difference between the two teams is stark, and it's obviously all down to Brendan Rodgers. And I think he was potentially the most important man at Hamden today. Yeah, I, I mean, I think every Celtic fan would echo that right now. I mean, the, the job that Brendan Rodgers has done, you, I can't speak highly enough of the guy at the moment, the way he presents himself. I loved the fact today, after the match, eh, when we were getting our, our photos taken and all that, and the the kind of, you know, the wee thing they put up for you with the trophy, um, that he had everyone, not just the players, come in for the photo. I think it's a real togetherness that he's creating at the club. Um, and his interview after the game, not getting carried away, as you say, John, I thought was was excellent. Uh, can't speak highly enough of him. Anything else you guys want to add from the game today, specifically? I don't think so, not for me. One one point for me is that um, don't take these things for granted. Winning trophies isn't a, isn't yeah. a given. Um, enjoy them and make sure you celebrate them um, as much as, as you possibly can. 
Certainly, definitely. Um, I thought we'd maybe turn attention quickly then uh, just to the, the Premiership games that were played yesterday. Just if there's anything you guys want to say, feel free to butt in. Um, Dundee beat Inverness, Cali Thistle 2-1 at Dens Park. Hearts beat Motherwell 3-0, good one for Hearts there. Um, at Tynecastle, they play Rangers on Wednesday night. Um, Rangers won 2-1 at last minute double, two goals in the last ten minutes. He won that game for Rangers in the other Glasgow derby. And Ross County drew one each with Hamilton Ackies in a game near the bottom of the table. Is there anything there for you guys that took your interest over the weekend in the top flight? Um, well, I suppose, I mean, the Rangers game, I mean, they did well to come back. You've got to give them that, but don't think it makes a difference to us. But potentially for Aberdeen it does. Yeah, the goal was quite good, so, you know, and I'm, I'm yeah. so despondent, obviously. But, <laughs> I shouldn't um, have brought Rangers up at all, it's not yeah, some day yeah, of glory, nice. but, um, oh, yeah. yeah. It's not the night for that, but, you know, the the thing is, I mean, Hearts, the, I've seen the goals that they scored against Motherwell, all very well-taken goals, um, and I think a lot of people have dismissed them for second place this season, and I think that they are contenders for that. Um, it was an impressive uh, performance from what I hear and certainly the goals that I've seen were very, very good. Um, so I would say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. a big game ahead on Wednesday for Hearts and Rangers at Tynecastle. Um, I'll let you take centre stage now, John, and just uh, outline what's going to be going on over at the website over the next, what, 24 hours or so? 24 hours or so, yeah. So this is the day, but when people listen to this, this will be the day that we're launching our website i mean i keep saying that but the, the website isn't ex- as extensive as maybe giving it um the praise to launch it um it's it's quite a basic uh, blog but we're going to be updating it with articles regularly and today we've got um quite a lot of content going up we're going to try and post things um every hour um so stuff will be going on i think the the podcast is one of the first things that will, will go up and um, so there should be a short introduction there already um, just explaining what the site's all about and who we are. And then we've got some good things today. I'm, I'm going to um, post some written thoughts about yesterday's game. Um, so if you like uh, flowery language and um, ov- overly enthusiastic uh, praise for Celtic, then that may, that's maybe your thing. Um, Paul's done a, a good article about um, players who have won uh, Player of the Year awards in the past and how that might affect their future Celtic career. There seems to be a trend that once you win the award, you don't tend to go into greater things. Um, and then I'll be doing a news roundup. I'll be posting, you know, the best of uh, social media, Celtic social media today. In terms of fans, there's been some good tweets uh, involving Bertie Old, so you'll maybe see that. Um, and Paul has another article just comparing this team to the team of 2003 and four, and um, because of the similar unbeaten runs to, towards the start of the season. And there's also a Bertie Old article, and I believe yourself, you're posting an interview with Massimo Donati. Should we say that? Is that going to go up? Well, it is now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. No, definitely. Um, yeah, I had a wee sit down uh, with, again, uh, listeners of another podcast I do all know. We were at Hamilton uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I took the opportunity to speak with Massimo. Um, so some really good stuff on his time at Celtic and how he loved it and that, um, alongside the work you two guys are doing. Um just really looking forward to seeing all that uh, going up. Um, so if you get anything else to add, guys, I'll sign off the show unless you have anything you want to say. I'm all good. What about you, Paul? You enjoyed your first show pod? Eh, show, Paul? 
Yeah, no, it's been enjoyable. I've not done a podcast for probably over a year now, and it's great to be able to do one and to to fo- mainly focus on on Celtic. We're used to doing ones that focusing on the Scottish Premiership or the SPL as it was as a whole. To talk about the the team that you you love and, and follow is is great and. Couldn't you ask for a better a better day to start it on the uh, first trophy under Brendan Rodgers and number one hundred for Celtic? Here, here, yes, it's a it's a pleasure to be able to talk Celtic and not have to be neutral in any way. Um, well, <laughs> thanks very much, uh, John and Paul, for joining me, Hamish, uh, here to chat all things Celtic. You were listening to the first the Grand Old Podcast episode. Please stay tuned for more in the future, and thanks for listening. <laughs>